sparklers. Welcome to A Sparkling Vintage Life, where we talk about all things vintage and celebrate the grace and charm of an earlier era. I'm your host, Jennifer Leo, and this is episode number 18. I am so happy you've stopped by to spend a few minutes with me. It's the first week of July 2019 as I record this, so I'm wishing a slightly belated Happy Canada Day to our neighbors to the north and a happy 4th of July to my fellow American listeners. Today I want to talk about front porches, and this is another entry in my special Sparkling Vintage Life Summer Edition. In this case, you can translate front porch however you like. It could be a flight of cement stairs in the city, maybe a set of lawn chairs or a blanket on the ground in the front yard, a little balcony off your apartment, or really anything at all. For my purposes, I consider a front porch anything that A, brings your family out of the house, and B, faces the street or the sidewalk or any place that potentially brings you into contact with your neighbors and people who are passing by. Front porch culture used to be a regular summer pastime in many parts of the U.S. Families would gather on the porch or the stoop or um, the front lawn in the warm twilight and talk about their day. Maybe the adults would just sit and relax watching the children play tag or roller skate or chase fireflies on the front lawn. Mom or Grandma might bring out a pitcher of lemonade and a tray of tall, frosty glasses or dishes of ice cream, maybe hand-cranked like we talked about recently, or something fun like popsicles that you didn't get all the time. Maybe someone would bring out a guitar and strum gentle tunes. (laughs) I got that idea from The Andy Griffith Show, which was a TV show here in the U.S. in, I think, the 60s. Um, Anyway, it runs in reruns, and it's fun to watch, and it's set in the quintessential small American town, Mayberry. I have a memory of Sheriff Andy bringing his guitar out onto the porch in the warm North Carolina evening and singing some quiet song to Aunt Bee or Helen Crump, his girlfriend, in the moonlight. It's possible he only did this on one episode, but that vision has stuck with me all these years. Because front porches faced the street, people could greet their neighbors who were likely also sitting out on their own front porches. Maybe they'd wave you over or you'd wave them over and you'd make room for them to sit and visit a while while the kids played together. You'd at least wave or smile at people passing by. And there were people passing by, taking walks after dinner, catching a bit of fresh air before turning in for the night. If the porch had a roof on it, and it often did, you would be shaded from the sun, and you could even sit outside if it was raining. People enjoyed their front porches even as the seasons changed just adding sweaters as the cooler evenings of autumn set in or until the autumn chill became downright cold and chased them back inside for the winter. Porches were also the setting for many a romance, I am told. Those hard wooden porch swings and metal gliding sofas 
might have been less than comfortable to sit on, but you'd forget all that if the right person was sitting on them with you. Even my own novel, You're the Cream in My Coffee, set in the 1920s, features a romantic conversation set on a porch swing. As I understand it, concerned parents might switch the porch light on and off or tap the windowsill to signal when it was time to say goodnight to one's beloved and come inside. Whatever happened to front porch culture? Well, several things. Air conditioning, for one. After World War II, a steadily increasing number of households added air conditioning, which made staying inside a cool house more comfortable than venturing outside. And then television also kept people indoors. A radio could be heard through an open window, but a television actually needed to be watched. I suppose a television set could be brought out onto the porch and plugged in by a cord through the window, but that seems like an awful lot of trouble. Easier to stay inside, especially if air conditioning was making it more comfortable to be inside. Also, sometime in the 50s and 60s, outdoor culture moved to the back of the house instead of the front. Many people, including my own family, built patios and decks off the backs of their houses instead of the street side, and children played in the backyard instead of the front. While this certainly increased privacy and was perhaps a little safer than letting your children play in the street, <laughs> it was also less neighborly. I suppose you could still wave at your neighbors if they were in their backyards, but quite probably there was now a fence separating you. It was no longer easy to just wave them over, and you weren't likely to wander over there without an explicit invitation. Maybe the rapid rise of the automobile played a hand in moving outdoor culture to the back of the house instead of the front, because if you lived on a busy street, it was no longer as pleasant to sit out front as it was when most of the traffic was pedestrian. I don't know if that's quite true, but it could be. I grew up in a house on a busy street, and um, it was more pleasant to sit in the back than in the front. Another factor in the demise of front porch culture, sadly, is the rise in crime. Frankly, you can't safely sit out on your porch in areas where you're likely to get shot at, which is something that happens far too often in far too many parts of the country. Years ago, people out on their porches served as a deterrent to crime, sort of like an informal neighborhood watch. That worked mostly with petty crime-like vandalism and, and break-ins, not drive-by shootings and gang warfare. Back in 2006, National Public Radio did a series about front porch culture, connecting it with debate and democracy. As a transitional space between the privacy of the home and the public nature of the street, the porch was a sort of middle ground where people could become acquainted and enjoy good fellowship with their neighbors and talk over the issues of the day or of the community. For a while, there was even a professional porch sitters union dedicated to bringing back the best of front porch culture. But 
in a recent search, I wasn't able to find any current information about it, so I don't know if it still exists. I'll put a link to the NPR series in the show notes. How can you bring back front porch culture in your community? Well, if you have a front porch or a scrap of lawn or even a sidewalk, and if it's safe in your area to do so, go outside and sit there. Smile and wave at people who pass by. Have an extra chair handy so that if someone does stop to talk, you can invite them to sit. If you live way out in the country, as I do, you may have to be a little more deliberate about actually inviting your neighbors over to share your porch, as they aren't likely to even see or notice you otherwise. And if you live in an apartment building and don't have a porch, well, maybe set up a few chairs on the common lawn area if there is one, or in a nearby park. Many apartment complexes have a commons area for all the residents to use. In the end, porch sitting is not so much a reality as a state of mind, a state of mind that's friendly, curious, and content to just sit for a spell, as the Mayberry people used to say, and watch the world go by. How about you? Do you remember front porches? Do you have one? If so, do you ever use it? If you have memories of front porch life or even stories from your parents and grandparents about what they remembered about porches, I'd love to hear them. Leave a comment at sparklingvintagelife.com under episode 18 or send me an email at jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at sparklingvintagelife.com. And I'll be back in a moment with today's grace note. Today's grace note is a little book called God, Me, and Sweet Iced Tea by Rose Chandler Johnson. This is a devotional book. It could be used for a daily devotional or a weekly devotional or just for when you need a little encouragement as most of us do from time to time. The subtitle is Experiencing God in the Midst of Everyday Moments, and it is described as a deeply personal collection of spiritual treasures designed to help readers experience new mercies each morning. Seasoned with insight and grace, each of the 52 touching devotionals points to the divine presence of God in everyday moments. So if that sounds like something you'd like, pick up God, Me, and Sweet Iced Tea by Rose Chandler Johnson. It sounds like it's tailor-made for early mornings on the porch. She has a friendly, warm writing style, and reading her book does feel a little bit like a friend talking to a friend. I'll put a link in the show notes. I also want to remind you that you can subscribe to A Sparkling Vintage Life at Apple Podcasts or iTunes or just about any place that offers podcasts. That way you won't miss any episodes. If you'd be kind enough to leave a review there as well, that will help raise the visibility of this little show so that like-minded kindred spirits like you and I can find it. 
And if you care to read my blog or subscribe to my email newsletter or simply to leave a comment, you can do that at sparklingvintagelife.com. And you can listen to the, uh, the podcast there as well. That's it for today. Stop in again soon when we'll be discussing another aspect of A Sparkling Vintage Life.